Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you're here. Uh, appreciate your flexibility, your faithfulness uh, to the podcast. I still have my same coffee mug here because for us, this is all the same day that we're recording. Got my water bottle, got my cell phone, uh, yeah, basically the essentials of life. I've got them right here. Got my friend John. Uh, John bails me out. You know, when I when I uh, I'm confused about a verse, I said, John, what, what do you think that means? <laughs> he always does a good job. Um, at least telling us what it means or, or faking it where I don't know, but one of the two. Uh, not, I say that in, in jest, and, and I'm grateful, John, for your friendship, and I'm grateful for your friendship. Thanks for uh, tuning in every day. It really does mean a lot to me. We talked a bit yesterday about the fact that fellowship with God really is precursor to our fellowship with each other. We, we really can't have true partnership uh, with other believers, unless we're believers, unless we are walking with the Lord. And when we walk with the Lord, and therefore in harmony with other believers, then our joy can be full. And uh, I did you want to say oh, something? No, right there? no right so right. verse number five then, so this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So if all this be true, if a fellowship with God is foundational to the fellowship we have with each other, and if both of those, fellowship with God and with others, is the means, are the means by which we have full joy, then let's go back to what does it mean to have fellowship with God? Because that's the foundational element. And that's what John deals with in verse 5. So what does it mean to have fellowship with God? I think that one of the reasons you're listening today or that you're watching today is that you have a desire to grow in faith. You have a desire to walk with the Lord. You have a desire to know him better, but not just know him better up in your mind, but to, for, at a heart level, at a life level. I, I want to walk with the Lord. What does it mean to walk with God? Well, you're not going to find verses that are any more practical than verses 5 through 10 of 1 John chapter 1. So with that in mind, let's talk about what does it mean to have proper fellowship with the Lord? Verse number five. This then is the message which we have heard of him. So John is very careful to say, hey, this is not Johnology. You know, okay, this is not my opinion. This is not me just giving you good advice as somebody that's been around the block. I want to tell you what Jesus told me. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So, John, that metaphor in the Bible, God is light, is all throughout the Bible. Now, what, what comes to your mind when you hear that statement? You know, I hear that God is light. I, I think right away that God is holy, God is pure, God is untainted by darkness in any way. And those are some things we're going to find John mentioning here, that, that, that God is, you know, we by ourselves can never get to God, and we know that, we know that fact. 
it is interesting to me thinking about God being light and God being, you know, no darkness at all. He is pure. He is holy. He is other than us. But yet he wants to have a relationship with us. And my mind goes to Exodus 25, 8, 9, where God is is telling Moses the directions for the tabernacle. And he says, I want you to build this so that I can dwell among my people. And then his pastor quoted John 1.14 in a previous passage, in a previous episode, how that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God is light, and we we are not holy. Yet God wants fellowship with us. But God is holy. He is pure. He is other than we are. We cannot attain him to ourselves. Those all come to my mind as I think about God being light. Yeah, and then in a very practical sense, uh, you know, light, go back to the, the gospel of John, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. Uh, he said in John 3, which was a commentary, I think, uh, on the conversation with Nicodemus, that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So the, the nature of light is to expose. L- light, light and darkness do not coexist. You can't have light and darkness. No, light dispels darkness. Light is the antithesis of darkness. And throughout the Bible, we're, we are called, as believers, children of light. So we're to put on the, the armor of light. We're to cast off the works of darkness. Uh, we, the Bible talks about the father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, he dwells in the light which no man can approach unto, who no man has seen nor can see. So light throughout the Bible is a metaphor for the, the, uh, the immutable righteousness of God, for his unchangeableness. Think, think about it. It wasn't even until last century that we understood scientifically that light is the constant. You know, the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second or whatever it is, something like that. And that light is the, the constant. I mean, science is just now catching up with these Bible principles. That light is, is as, as light is constant, our God is constant. As light dispels darkness, our God dispels, dispels darkness. Um, it's a wonderful metaphor. It sure is, Pastor. I like what you talked about, how that light exposes. And yes, that reminds me as I think about God being light, that yes, God is righteous, God is pure, God is holy in a way that we cannot fully comprehend because we still, we're still in sinful flesh. And yet, although that is true, that God is holy and pure, light also reveals, and God, God is a revealing God. He's a self-revealing God. He wants us to know Him. And that is the great thing about our God. Yes, light, is. there's no darkness in God at all. But because God is light, he also wants to reveal himself to other people. Like John chapter 8, Jesus is the light of the world. He came that we might have light. He wants us to know who he is. And that comes to my mind thinking about God being light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? When we, when we really comprehend the fact that God is light, it to a believer that shouldn't scare us. It, yes. it should it should affirm us. It should it should give us security that our God knows, mm-hmm. and we 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 can have um, we can have confidence in His unchangeableness. Uh, Jesus said in John twelve, uh, "While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become the sons of light." Mm-hmm. So all throughout Scripture, this 
metaphor is used. So back to verse number five. So this then is the message which we have heard of him declare unto you. So this is revelation, direct revelation from Jesus through John to us, that God is light, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So verse six makes all of this abundantly practical. So if God is light and in him is no darkness, then the children of God are to walk in light. And if we don't walk in light, then we're not walking as the children of God. That's a great truth we find here in 1 John. We also find it in the book of Ephesians where Paul is telling the people at Ephesus, hey, walk as children of light. Don't walk as children of darkness. And so it is, it, it is not compatible to walk in darkness and light at the same time. And John is starting off his epistle here pointing out what is truly necessary to have fellowship with God, and that is we've got to be walking in the light. We have got to walk as God tells us. We cannot walk in darkness because that is completely counter to the being of God. Back in verse 5, there's no darkness in him at all. Now, I'll tell you, Pastor, I often don't like to say the Greek says this, the Greek says that. Into verse 5, as you know, they use a double negative in Greek. Now, we don't use double negatives in English. If I use a double negative in English... Your wife would be very upset yeah, with you. My <laughs> wife would be upset as the Germanian she is. But you kind of counter what you're saying. You kind of counteract it. But in Greek, they use a double negative sometimes to, to emphasize. Emphasize, right. This, this, this cannot happen at all. And so in 1 John 5, no darkness at all. That's just a translation of a double negative emphasizing no darkness at all. And because that is true, if we're walking in darkness... We're not in fellowship with God. Right. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And the Greek is no, not, never, never, no. I mean, it's like I'm not leaving. So I I love that emphasis. Um, Verse number six. So if we say that that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. In other words, if your profession and your practice don't match, then what the Lord says, in essence, is you're living a lie. And you certainly are not walking in truth. And what we're going to find in the book of 1 John is John often comes back to this formula. If we say, if we say, because it's relatively easy in the Christian life to profess things and even to agree with things academically. Um, James brings out this very thought both in chapter one and in chapter two of his book when he says in chapter one, you can be a hearer of the word, but not a doer. In other words, you can obtain knowledge, you can agree with truth, you can have a body of, uh, of evidence in your, in your mind, but if you're not practicing it, it's no good. And then in chapter two, he said, if a man say he hath faith and have not works, it's, it's dead being alone. So just because we say something doesn't make it true. Just because we profess that we have something doesn't make it true. So if we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we're living a lie. You know, I love the fact that John here in this epistle is very practical. I mean, th- this is a test for us. There are a number of tests of fellowship in this epistle. You know, I can evaluate my life and I can say, hey, John, you know, John Edmonds, if you're walking in darkness, you know beyond doubt you're not in a fellowship with God. And you can look at any believer's life. And, you know, if, if they're walking in obvious darkness, 
then you know beyond doubt the relationship with God is not right. And, and I'll say that is one of the reasons for the church body. The church body is to help people, you know, help, as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. If I find a brother who's struggling in Jesus Christ, who's not living the right kind of life, I'd lovely go up to him and help admonish him to get where he needs to be because this is a very practical test. Now, I'm not saying you can know everybody's heart all the time, obviously, but this is a practical test. If I'm walking in darkness, I'm not walking with God. It is as simple as that. Yeah, your, your faith really is evidenced by, by what you do. And it, it's, it's a, okay, for instance, at the end of Titus chapter one, uh, Paul is dealing with some, some false teachers uh, that, that Titus needed to deal with in, in, on the island of Crete. And he said this about them. He said, they profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate, disqualified. Uh, even the, the good that they did was, was not valuable because it was hypocritical and born out of a, of a wrong motive. Um, we tend to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. We, we tend to think, you know, I'm a good Christian because I'm going to do this and I'm going to serve God and we hide behind our noble intentions or I believe this and I believe that prayer is important and I believe that the word of God is important and I believe that winning people to Christ is important. I don't do any of those things, but I believe in those things. And sometimes if we're not careful, we hide behind what we profess to believe, and yet we don't practice. And John is warning here to say that true fellowship is going to show up in our actions. That's exactly what James, what, what James says in James 2, the idea you know, that, that faith is alive is going to work. It's going to have a, you know, you're not saved by your works, obviously, but if we're saved, there are works that we ought to be doing for Jesus Christ. And so if I am just, you know, not living for Christ, if I am, you know, out living in sin, then you know beyond doubt at a basic level, I'm not right with Christ because this is very practical. And John wants people to understand that the relationship with God is important and they need to evaluate themselves. How are you living in your life? What are you doing regarding Jesus Christ? Yeah, let, let's be clear. We're not saved by faith and works, that that would be a damnable heresy. And I know that's strong language, but that's the language that Paul used in Galatians 1. So we're certainly not saved by faith and works. But listen carefully, we are saved by a faith that works. See that? A faith that works. A faith that will evidence itself by works. That is absolutely uh, the Bible teaching uh, on that subject. So I think sometimes in our zeal to demonstrate that we're, we're not saved by works, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I think sometimes we forget then to quote verse 10 of Ephesians 2. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, and here's the operative, uh, 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 operative phrase, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're saved for a purpose. Not, we're not saved by works, but saving faith will evidence itself 
in works. And John is making that abundantly clear here through the the, the, the larger context of fellowship. So we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this next episode. I want you to stay with us. Uh, these are foundational uh, teachings for the book. And so I know we're going a little bit more slowly than we typically would, but but this is important. So stay, stay with us. Hope you have a great day today. We're going to come back to verse number uh, seven tomorrow. I hope that you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.